Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Harton, the editorial page editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Welcome to another edition of Speaking of Arkansas. A couple of days ago, I spent some time at Bill and Hillary Clinton's house. And no, I'm not talking about the one where they live now up in Chappaqua, New York. I'm talking about the house here in Fayetteville where Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham, law professors at the University of Arkansas, said their I do's back before either one was well-known or even had been elected to public office. Bill Clinton had by then tried to whip Republican U.S. Representative John Paul Hammerschmidt of Harrison, and he came pretty close there in the aftermath of uh, Richard Nixon's Watergate scandal. President Nixon had made it harder to be a Republican at that point, particularly in what was then a heavily Democratic, but rather conservative, Arkansas. Well, why don't we just uh, listen to a little bit of what Bill Clinton had to say uh, back about uh, the events of the summer of 1975 in his 2004 book, My Life. I taught both semesters of summer school to earn extra money, and had a good time hanging around Fayetteville with Hillary and our friends. One day I drove her to the airport for a trip back east. As we were driving down California Drive, we passed a beautiful little brick house set back on a rise with a stone wall bracing up the front yard. There was a for sale sign in the yard. She remarked on how pretty the place was. After I dropped her off, I checked the house out. It was a one-story structure of about 1,100 square feet with a bedroom, a bathroom, a kitchen with a breakfast room attached, a small dining room, and a gorgeous living room that had beamed a beamed ceiling half again as high as the others in the house, a good-looking offset fireplace, and a big bay window. There was also a large screened-in porch that could double as a guest bedroom most of the year. The house had no air conditioning, but the big attic fan did a good job. The price was $20,500. I bought the house with a $3,000 down payment, big enough to get the monthly mortgage payments down to $174. I moved what little furniture I had into my new house and bought enough other things so that the place wasn't totally bare. When Hillary came back from her trip, I said, Remember that little house you liked so much? I bought it. You have to marry me now, because I can't live there alone. I took her to see the house. It still needed a lot of work, but my rash move did the trick. Although she had never even told me she was prepared to stay in Arkansas, she finally said yes. On October 11th, 1975, we were married in the big living room of the little house at 930 California Drive. Well, today that house sits on the renamed Clinton Boulevard, just north of Fayetteville High School's Bulldog Stadium and to the south and east of the University of Arkansas campus. So why was I there? Well... Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette reporter Stacy Ryburn had done a story the other day about the Little Home's future. Today it's the Clinton House Museum, which is overseen by a board of directors. Dr. Stephen Smith, a retired University of Arkansas communications professor and once upon a time an aide to Bill Clinton and Little Rock, is that board's president.
He and I sat down in the dining room, surrounded by Clinton memorabilia, to talk about the hopes that Dr. Smith and the museum board have to make sure that little house, a part of the early lives of two international political figures, doesn't just fade away from local history, as happens to so many landmarks. Here's that interview. I'm glad to be here, Greg. I appreciate you uh, doing this feature and inviting me on to the podcast. And it's always a pleasure for me to talk about the Clinton House Museum. Well, we're sitting here in a, in a room in the Clinton House Museum, um, sitting at a table. Uh, uh, for, the, for the listeners out there, tell us a little bit about where we are. Oh, this is a great place. This was the dining room when, when Bill and Hillary lived here in 1975 and 1976. <clears throat> so in the spring, early spring, late winter of, of 1976 and early part of the year, <clears throat> uh, this became sort of the political strategy room. It was called the original war room of the Clinton campaigns. And, and uh, this is where we had discussions about uh, was Bill going to run for Congress again? Was he going to run for Attorney General? A lot of people thought he might be uh, running for something else. And uh, it's, it was here that he made the decision to, to run for Attorney General. And where we um, sort of plotted out the campaign, the issues, developed the political strategy, the early part of the campaign. And this <clears throat> was the campaign headquarters for for a while, I mean, we eventually opened a, an office in, in Little Rock for, for about a month, but this was where uh, all the heavy lifting was done on, on plotting out that campaign. I was his uh, campaign manager that year, and, but mostly just his friend. So tell me a little bit about how you came to know the Clintons. Uh, long story, I, I first met Bill Clinton uh, I was in the legislature in 1971, and the Speaker of the House, Ray Smith, was from Hot Springs, and, and Bill had come home for spring break and uh, stopped by the Capitol, and Ray Smith called me out of the chamber and said, there's someone here I want you to meet, and so that was our, our first meeting at the, at the Capitol in a political context, which seems appropriate, I guess. And then. <clears throat> I got to know him a little bit better. Um, I was a delegate to the Democratic Convention in 1972, and he was on uh, George McGovern's national campaign staff at the convention. So we had some interaction there. And then the next year, he uh, was coming to Fayetteville, interviewing for a position on the law faculty. So we visited again there and uh, became friends. And I was. Uh, going to graduate school at Northwestern uh, in, in 74 when he decided to run for Congress. But I came back um, that fall and worked uh, media and, and uh, television, radio, and press releases and things for, for the campaign, <clears throat> which I was sorry he lost, but it was a, it was a good campaign. Mm -hmm. So you were elected to the legislature in 70? 1970. Huh? And how old were you? 21. Uh, yeah. That's, Not old enough. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, and, and little did you know that uh, that was going to start a, a relationship that, uh, yeah, well, that with, a, with a future president. That's right. Well, you know, most things in life happen by accident. You can't really plan them out and just got to go with what happens. Yeah. So as we, as we um, 
listened to that story in in Bill Clinton's book, uh, you know, obviously they uh, they they started their married life together here. Um, uh, you know, let's not give Hillary Clinton short shrift. I mean, she went on to become a senator from New York. Uh, she was. Uh, uh, Secretary of State, right? Um, I, I, you know, even before that, I mean, when she, when he was governor and she was first lady, she, she was not, uh, 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 <laughs> well, she was not just sitting home baking cookies and you know, whatever, not, whatever that quote not, was. Not the traditional first ladies, right? Yeah, she, she was leading the charge. I remember on, uh, on education, right. uh, uh, on child health care. Um, uh, she, she was, uh, she was definitely fulfilling a role, uh, that was, uh, uh not like a lot of first ladies right. have fulfilled. Um, and, uh, and their life got started here after they, they, they met at Yale Law School. And, uh, and it's been quite the story. Um, so, uh, and you, you campaigned obviously with them and then, uh, uh, when he went to be attorney general or, or when yeah. he went to be governor, mm -hmm. you, you were part of his staff somewhere along there. I was uh, chief of staff in the attorney general's office okay. and then executive assistant in the governor's office for two years. Okay. Um, and then, you know, 1980 came and that was his, uh, uh, I, guess, I guess, kind of a mid-course correction. Uh, two years in the penalty box. Yeah, yeah. Frank White uh, yeah. defeated him. For, and that was back when governors uh, ran and, and served two-year terms. Right. And... Uh, and then he got reelected in '92 and spent the next ten years as as our governor. And uh, uh, you you did not go back in that no, time, right? I had the best job in the world. I was teaching at the University of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That, you know, it's it's um, it is amazing to reflect on. You know, that just two friends of mine that I'd met through politics and things, and we. You know, we'd play charades in the living room here or something, and, and then they go on to be uh, president and secretary of state. Yeah, yep. Well, that's amazing. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, why you know what brings us here to 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 visit. Um, you know, the Clinton House Museum has has been around for a few years now. Um, did it open in 2016? 2005. 2005. Okay. The, the university bought it. Uh, from Jim Greeson and his wife, and uh, it was almost immediately the Advertising and Promotion Commission uh, leased the property and opened the Clinton House Museum. So it's been 17 years. Wow, so. I, I was way off on that. But yeah. uh, um, so it's been operated as as kind of an arm of the uh, city's Advertising and Promotion Commission, right. Uh, right. which is I think is called uh, Experience Fayetteville. That's their marketing. Yeah term um uh and then the pandemic struck uh, yeah you know the, the museum opens to visitors uh, essentially people can come here and see some of the political history the personal journey sort of information and um uh, and then the pandemic came along and how'd that affect the museum well it, we're closed for over two years uh <clears throat> i closed for a few months tried to reopen and then closed at the end of 2020 so for a year and a half or so it, it sat vacant uh, and it was <clears throat> you know the rent didn't stop the utilities didn't stop insurance didn't stop but uh, we didn't have any visitors and uh, 
and it was a hard time for the Advertising Promotion Commission too. I mean, the the, the pandemic hit on the uh, hotel, motel, and restaurant tax that, that funds them and, and tourism in Fayetteville uh, took a nosedive, and uh, <clears throat> as as a result of that, uh, the budget for the museum was reduced considerably. I think it was was. Uh, $240,000 a year they were paying before. Um, and the income from, from the museum is uh, maybe $20,000 a year from gift shop sales and donations and things. But, um, which is not a profit making business, but museums aren't. I mean, they're like public schools. There's a, a reason to have them and why the public generally supports them. Uh, all the the museums in, in Northwest Arkansas, uh, with, with the exception of Crystal Bridges, of course, uh, have some type of public funding for them, and, and they're not expected to make a profit. They're expected to tell a story. So, tell me what um, you know. Obviously, you've got a connection mm -hmm. to the political history here and the personal journey. Um, do you think people in general? still uh, still look to appreciate political history? Well, certainly uh, interest in politics is, has expanded beyond the realm of, of I mean, with, with social media and things, certainly people are interested in that. I'm not sure they're interested in, in factual history, but they're interested in good stories. Uh, they can either invent or collaborate on, I think. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> since neither of the Clintons are in public office this time, I mean, there's not a draw uh, from the political crowd that much. Uh, what it is, it's, it's part of what I call heritage tourism, that actually studies have shown that people who are doing heritage tourism spend a little bit more than, than most uh, non-heritage tourists, I guess. Uh, but we've got Headquarters House uh, that's open, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, operated by the Washington County Historical Society. Uh, the Shallow Museum of, of Ozark History, which uh, is funded at a little over 900000 a year by the city of Springdale. Uh, and Fayetteville is going to have, in the future, I think, the Woolsey Farmstead uh, that their process of restoring it would be open to the public. So it's sort of a sense of the history of where we're there. And this, this becomes, I mean, if you're interested in the political history, then of course the, the Clinton's house and, and their beginning of their political, uh, just like uh, the Fulbright house on Mount Nord, except it's a private residence. It's not open for discussion. So the Advertising Promotion Commission has, uh, there's been lots of discussion about its level of support for uh, the Clinton House Museum. Um, your board, uh, I, as I understand it, they've essentially been given the charge of, of figuring out how to make this a bit more self-sustainable, if that's the right term. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Well, it, uh, as I said, the Advertising and Promotion Commission established the museum in 2005, and shortly after that we had a, an advisory board of about six people, I think, that met quarterly and uh, 
sort of provided advice, but it certainly wasn't in an operational situation. They had a full-time director and other staff members uh, doing that. But it seems to me that the in following the discussions on the A&P Commission, uh, since the pandemic sort of caused a reckoning, I think, um, there are two things with regard to the Clinton House that, that impacted as a museum. One is the basic operation philosophy of the AMP Commission is to support properties but not to operate them. Um, so in that sense they're interested in shifting more of the operation to the, to the board. The second is on the funding level. Uh, it's gone from 240 plus to around 40,000, uh, which is generous and, and uh, it pays the rent and utilities and, and insurance and, and allows us to do some contract labor. Uh, but the board is committed to uh, doing fundraising and, and trying to be uh, self-sufficient. You mentioned how much revenue the museum generates. Um, so is the idea that that you guys can make it generate revenue just as a like an you know, admission fees or, or, or anything like that? Right. Or is this more like trying to find those benefactors out there who, who, who want to preserve this kind of history? Right, well, we will make some from gift shop sales and um, there's a donation box by the front door, but we're really committed to keeping it free with that, without any admission charges. Um, and, and I, I mean, that's the other museums in in the area have that same policy, and I think it's important, especially when we have like school groups and things come and do tours. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to make a lot more than twenty thousand dollars on gift shop sales. So we're starting a membership program. Uh, and we're starting a, a capital campaign to try to raise uh, about $2 million over the next five years. And if we can do that with an endowment between, I mean, if, if A&P will continue to do it even on a matching basis uh, for a couple of years till we can get our endowment up, then we ought to be able to to run it. But it's it's a, <clears throat> it's not going to be as major like a major museum is where they bring in all these exhibits that are real expensive and, and other things. It's going to be basically this is the house and here's the story we tell. But we've applied uh, Angie Maxwell, who's on our board, and uh, Ryan Neville Shepherd uh, and another university faculty member have applied for a, for a grant that would include those two parts. One is doing oral history interviews with people who knew Hillary when she lived in Fayetteville and taught at the law school. So it's former students and faculty members and friends. And the second part is to take <clears throat> that information plus other audio and video and, and pictures, things, and bring it into an augmented reality. So we've got an app, so when you come to something on the wall and you hit the app thing, it, it may bring up a video that tells you about it or show other documents. And, audio people talking about. So it'll be, be an interactive experience, but it's not going to be uh, a high-budget, high-end experience. I think some people get a little confused by this. This this does not have a connection to the Clinton Presidential Museum in Little Rock, correct? Right. It's uh, it's 
part of what's called the pilgrimage, that if people are, you know, when the Clintons were top of the mind in Arkansas, people want to go to Hope, where's birthplace, and Hot Springs Visitor Center, and the Presidential Museum, and then Fayetteville's little slice of that was, was represented by the museum here. So the, um, we've talked about the, the funding challenges, uh, and you've, you've kind of laid that out uh, as to what y'all are hoping for. What do you feel like is lost if this museum ever just wasn't here? Well, that's something we've had, had to consider. I mean, the board uh, worked for over a year during the pandemic trying to, to figure out what to do and, and we came with two options it was either uh, so we tried and it was it was a good venture but it's over and the other was let's try to make it work on a limited basis so we just we were committed to, to do that but I think you know it's a it's a unique part of Fayetteville history uh, where the Secretary of State and the President were married uh, where they lived. They were part of the faculty, part of the community, uh, ran political campaigns. Uh, Hillary ran the the legal clinic, and uh, but it, it's part of our community, part of our story, and that's uh, that's what museums do: is they tell stories and let people tell their stories as well. It, you know. It's one thing to have the house of one president. It almost was the house of two presidents, wasn't it? Right, it was. And you know, that's that's a positive in terms of a tourist draw, but also it may be a turnoff for some. Right. Uh, there's a uh, people make politics really personal. They do. I, you know, my my hope would be that people would uh, uh, just appreciate history. Oh yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we know there are different sides of history, I mean, yeah. you know, but, but, you know, history is, uh, it's pretty important. Oh, right. Right. I mean, if, if Ronald Reagan or George Bush had lived in Fayetteville and there was a house there, I think that would be neat and we ought to support it. Uh, so, uh, the house itself is owned by the university of Arkansas. Right. Um, you know, that, like so much in Northwest Arkansas, it's it's kind of a never expand or an always expanding kind of right. institution, um, and I I I think they own a number of houses around here that they may lease out to people. Uh, uh, but but you know the kind of the thinking is uh, uh, I don't have any insights into the administration or anything, but that you know they'll hold those until they have a project that needs to go there. Uh, do you think there's any danger that the university would ever say, well, this house has served its purpose and and we need it for something else? We need that land yeah. for something else. Well, oh, you're right. I mean, they own on this side of, of the street, except for the last two. One's a private apartment and one's a, some kind of religious organization group, I think, but they own everything else. And... Um, what they would do with it. I don't know. When they bought the house, uh, John White was fairly adamant that it didn't have anything to do with Clinton, so he just wanted the property. Yeah, he was the chancellor right. at, the, at the time. Right. Uh, but his, you know, I wouldn't expect him to have any interest in historical things. He tried, I mean, he closed the university museum and he tried to close the university press. And, uh, to think that he would be interested in this, 
beyond expectations, I think. Sure. But I, I think the university recognizes, or at least people I've had interaction with, uh, recognize it as an important part of the community and, and sort of a university service, I think. Um, gotten a lot of support from the interim chancellor and, and other vice chancellors, associate under deputy, whatever, vice chancellors, a lot of the administration. Um, and in fact, they uh, pretty much saved us with, with one move. They uh, agreed to forego the rent for the rest of this year and all of next year, mm. uh, which means we can can reopen. I mean, thanks to them, it, it would have been real tough without that. We were paying between twelve and fifteen hundred a month, uh, and that's you know that's not much income in the university's big scheme of things, but it's it's a lifesaver for the for the museum. So I think they're you know they're supportive of it, and uh, we're still negotiating. And when they get uh, their permanent chancellor in, then we'll go back to the table. Yeah. So do you guys um, actively uh, try to? Uh, I guess influence you know leadership at the University of Arkansas to to just plant the seed that well, of course that this is a <laughs> of course yeah I mean what what we would hope for most would be a, a long term lease at a nominal rate but so that the university would still own the property and if if something came up that they had to have it for a parking lot or something they could go ahead and do it I I don't see that happening but. You know, they were going to tear down Old Main and tear down Carnell Hall and yeah. others. <laughs> the, uh, I, you know, I'm sure one of the selling points is that, you know, hit the history of Bill and Hillary Clinton is University of Arkansas history. Right. And not just Arkansas history. Um, so uh, they were law, both law professors here. Uh, right. So, yeah. Anyway, the administration has been generally supportive and, and very helpful. Yeah. I good. can't say enough good about our relationship good. there. So how, um, you know, people listening to this, how can they help? Well, come by and see what we've got. Uh, it's open uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from, from 10 to 4. Admission's free. Uh, look it over. If, if you think it's uh, something that's, that's uh, worthwhile, then you make a, make a contribution or become a member. Of the, or, you know, cut a check for $2 million. <laughs> And our campaign will be over. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it'd be nice to find a, uh, it would. An, a, a, a an angel. Like it that. would. It would. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else uh, that uh, you want to mention? Well, I just uh, I want people to enjoy the place and realize that uh, Fables is not necessarily a political backwater. It's been a long time since we've had a a governor or a U.S. senator from from Fayetteville, but it's. Uh, it's part of our community. It's part of our story. And uh, if whether you are inspired by it or off-put by it, you ought to understand uh, what it is. I just I, I appreciate the chance that, that you've given me to talk about it, and I appreciate the uh, the good coverage, both the news and editorial from the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thank you for that. Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed a chance to hear about the Clinton House Museum. As Dr. Smith mentioned, they hope people will visit the historic site and perhaps help support its mission to tell the story of Bill and Hillary Clinton's connection to Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas. Visit clintonhousemuseum.org to learn more. 
And as always, you can visit nwaonline.com for the excellent coverage of news, sports, business, and the culture of Northwest Arkansas and the rest of the state. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at NWAGreg so you can stay up to date on future episodes of Speaking of Arkansas. And of course, like everyone else on Twitter, just whatever comes to mind occasionally. That's it for today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Greg Harton. So long, everyone. <laughs>